Bitzel isn't isn't. I mean, Telemans and Thorgan Hazard were the youngest guys. Well, I guess that Doku guy. Who was elected? Yeah. Who invited fucking Yoda's brother to the fucking den? <laughs> who is this guy, bro? Who's Doku? Am I the only one that doesn't know who Doku is? On today's footy corner, the Azuri steamrolled their way to the Euro semifinals where Spain, who didn't score any goals of their own in the quarterfinals, will meet them. Danish destiny continues as Dolberg leads the Danes into Wembley. England smash Ukraine to quiet the haters and show us all that it could be coming home. And we have a baguette parody account coming after us. Along with the typical predictions... Next. And we are back on the footy corner. Thankfully, we've got the panel back. It's not a solo episode. Um, So we'll go ahead and see how everyone is doing real quick. Uh, As always, we'll start in Indiana with, uh, with Brian. But a long drive day. You weren't in Indiana when the day started. No, I was in Michigan, northern Michigan, uh, visiting some family. The kids got to see their cousins for a couple of days, and it was great. But uh, eight-hour drive leaves me a little exhausted. And and our late start time has allowed you to make the pod today. Yeah, absolutely. I left, <laughs> I left early from Michigan with this in mind. There you go. Dedicated panel member. Also, <laughs> now dedicated panel, panel member, Nikhil, you were, you were in New York or you still are? I still am in New York. I there am in go. New York at this point in time. Uh, yeah, it's been it's been uh, it's been quite the adventure. I saw saw some of the more touristy spots this weekend. Went up mm-hmm. to uh, Statue of Liberty. Uh, saw the Met, uh, the Museum of Modern Art, the uh, Museum of National Ooh. History. A lot of museums. What did you uh, think of the uh, modern Museum of Modern Art? I liked it. It was pretty pretty cool. Uh, okay. Some of it was some of it was a little out there, but I mean, <laughs> I think it's I think it's worth a visit. I really like the yeah uh, Museum of uh, National History. That was yep. that was really fun to visit. That'd be my yeah. choice. Yeah, yeah. No, this is totally off topic, but uh, no worries. I went to a, I've never been to New York Museum of Modern Art, but I went to a, uh, one in San Francisco with my mom in the nineties. Nice. I think when I was in middle school or something, and both of us were like, "What the fuck is this shit?" <laughs> I mean, obviously we didn't say that, but it wasn't too far off. Like we were, but we, neither of us, like, this is just stupid bullshit. Like I just, modern art is not, (laughs) I'd much rather go to the museum of natural history or uh, other old, older art, impressionism and things like, well, maybe not impressionism, but Monet, he's my favorite artist. There you go. Oh yeah. That was, that was a lot of Monet at uh, the Met, uh, the Metropolitan Uh Institute. And, it's it's crazy because the Met has this uh, statue of uh, I think it was President Roosevelt, and he's got it's it's a very controversial statue too because he's got like um, an African American and an uh, American Indian mm-hmm. uh, uh-huh. statue on on either sides of him, and he's on a horse, and they're both like they're both he's like fully clothed, looking pristine. And they're both like naked and carrying his guns for them. Oh, and geez. this is like right outside the mat. Yeah. And uh, it's it's kind of it's kind of interesting because like there's a big moment going on, going on right now to like get it removed and stuff like that. And what I really liked was in the museum. As soon as you enter, there's a whole section dedicated to the statue and like what the history was uh, and why it's there and what's going to happen to it and what people think about it. And um, the good thing is that it's actually being removed. 
as we speak, like as the petition to remove it has gone through and the city is trying to figure out where to move it to um, because they don't want to destroy it because it's still like a really significant mm-hmm. statue. But at the same time, they don't want to give it that prime location for everybody to like, yeah. Yeah, th- yeah, this is an yeah. art podcast now. Are you okay with that option? <laughs> yeah, no worry. Well, I was going to say hot seat statues these days. It's been a yeah, it's been an interesting yeah, yeah, statuism yeah. and and uh, but but going back to the modern art statements you made, I, I have seen some things. I'm sitting there. I'm like, if only I could, you know, freeze myself pooping in, in time. You know, like <laughs> that would be modern art. So somehow, like yeah. the flow of it coming out would be sorry to make <laughs> it graphic. It, I mean, you did say it's art now, so you know there's some graphic <laughs> moments. But no, that's awesome that. Uh, yeah. You guys had some good weekends, good fourths, uh, you know, a little travel involved, some still traveling. Um, mm-hmm. So that's always that's always fun time. Um, did you guys, in the locations you were in, were there fireworks around? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we saw fireworks on, it was Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Saturday night. So, but up in northern Michigan in the summer, it gets dark really late. Mm-hmm. So the fireworks didn't start till like after 1030. So oh, wow. unfortunately the kiddos were all in bed. They, they were mm-hmm. upset. They didn't get to see them, but 10 30 is way too late for those kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Any restrictions in, in uh, New York, Nikhil? Cause I know in Chicago, they, they didn't tell any, they actually didn't tell us where it would be. They told us <laughs> oh, wow. July 3rd, you could see it from these locations. And, and then it ended up being like right next to our place. Like literally we saw the launch point from our balcony and it was like, nice. Yeah. I think it was kind of similar here, but uh-huh. what they did was Macy's, Macy's sponsored the whole event. And it was like the biggest fireworks display in New York ever, apparently. Uh, oh, wow. They had 65,000 shells go off. Um, and they had basically like cordoned off the whole FDR region. And then you could, oh. you could go to certain spots and see it. But we just, we just walked from our Airbnb a little further out and uh, went by the water. And we got like a really nice view of it. Yeah. And it was on for like 25 to 30 minutes. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. Wow. They, they claimed close. that it was the biggest fireworks display that... New York has ever had, um, which I don't know if it's true or not, but yeah, it was, it was quite a bit. Yeah. Just for you, just for your visit. Yeah, just, just for us. Yeah. 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 <laughs> awesome. Hey, good, good stuff. Good times. Just a loud noise here. I don't know what happened. Um, but anyway, maybe I'll find out soon as we were talking about fireworks. Um, let's now go to the euros, I guess. I, I guess the art podcast section is over. Fun uh, July 4th stuff is over. We'll bring it back. It's, it's a new segment. Yeah, it's too bad we couldn't ask Jeff what he did for Canada Day, but, um, you know, he's uh, he he's not around today. Jeff uh, would have something to say about, we're going to talk about uh, Italy somewhat soon, um, but <laughs> hopefully we've gone to watch the Euros. I know there's been a lot of travel, a lot of vacation, um, but maybe we're following on our phones, following on TVs. So let's just jump straight into it. Um, Switzerland won, Spain won, went to penalty kicks. I thought this was kind of one to talk about. And kind of contrary to the Switzerland-France penalty kicks where no one missed until Mbappe shot, there were just misses left and right here. Spain winning 3-1 in pens. uh, You know, that that was quite wild in my opinion. Uh, But the big moment of this match was the straight red card to Freuler of Switzerland. I believe it was late in the second half. So they had to play man Uh down for extra time and late in the second what are your guys' thoughts did you guys see the the incident whether it was live or even on on twitter later and did you think that was a should have been a red card straight red from michael oliver by the way yeah i, I was watching that game i saw it live mm-hmm. um and i think they went to clattenburg too in the studio yeah I, for once i agree with clattenburg i think clattenburg said that it it should not have been a red 
And mm-hmm. I agree. I, I don't think it was a red. I, right. I don't think you can call a red card at that stage of the game, mm-hmm. especially a straight red. I mean, a yellow would have been fine. But, right. I mean, it's not like Spain scored afterwards, So and I, it didn't seem like Switzerland was really threatening to score. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if it really affected the outcome. Yeah. Nikhil, what are your thoughts on that? Um, yeah, I, I didn't think it was a red. I think I called it as soon as I saw it. I, I thought it was like a shitty des- decision. Mm-hmm. Um, I especially did not understand the reasoning behind it when we had VAR. Like you could have, you yeah. could have easily given a yellow, waited, and then given a red later on. Like you, mm-hmm. that there was that, isn't that the whole point of VAR? I feel like it. For me, it even though Switzerland wasn't doing much, it changed the whole dynamic of the game because after that point, they just went on the defensive completely. Whereas before that, they were actually at least challenging. They were doing pretty well, especially without two of their like stronger players. Um, yeah, so I thought I thought like it was it was a horrendous decision. Honestly, I think I think the referee was I don't know what he was what was going on in his head. Maybe he just wanted to like it was too big a moment for him. I don't think I don't know. Yeah, Michael Oliver uh, may have had some money on on Spain yeah. or something because <laughs> I, I, yeah, it made no sense. Yeah, letter of the law because I see the trailing foot goes in and gets him after the he gets the ball. So like you could briefly see, and that's why they said it wasn't a clear and obvious like error. But I agree, like that, that that's a weak red at that point of the match in a quarterfinal. I, I think I put around a sixteen preview. Sorry, it was in a quarterfinal match. Um, you know, big moment. You got to let them play, even if Switzerland aren't aren't threatening. You know, like because it does it, it puts them completely out of it, completely on the defensive. Their yeah. chances went from like two point five percent to scoring on the counter to absolute zero um, because they had just scored. Like what eight or eight or nine minutes earlier on that Shakiri, uh, the beautiful mm-hmm. build up on the counter to Shakiri, or it was, no, it was a turnover. Sorry, right? Wasn't that yep. the turnover? Yeah, I think it was so. a turnover. into each other, but they still made a nice pass, good finish. Um, and so I just thought it kind of killed off the game, and they were just at that point hoping to make you know penalty kicks, um, in which I think that might have affected them. A few of them might have been tired, and 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 the legs maybe showed in taking kicks because sometimes you know even though you've time to regroup it plays a role in that. So I thought that was a big decision. Um, but yeah, I mean, Spain kind of shame on them for not scoring with an extra man for that long. What do you guys think about that? Uh, I mean, nah, I'm okay with them not scoring. <laughs> Cause I mean, teams can just pack it in and it, you have, you have a man up, but it's not like you have an extra attacker necessarily. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, I mean, and then you're, the team you're playing against is going to be even more defensive. Mm-hmm. So I mean, sometimes if the team with the red card is trying to win, then it, then you they're opened up more to be scored against. But Switzerland just packed it in and said, "We're going to take you to shootouts where we have essentially an equal chance." So okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, with that performance, are we? I know they had scored five in two straight games before it. Um, you know, they look like a bit, a bit on fire, but are we sold on Spain? Do we think, and I know we'll talk about in the preview some more, do we think they have much of a chance against Italy off the back of this performance or should we not read too much into this performance? Uh, they, they just seemed a little disconnected, honestly. I felt like they, there wasn't really that team chemistry that you usually like expect Spain to play with. Yeah. Um, even when like even when they went a man up like with Thiago coming out too, I didn't really feel like the passes were really clicking. They were they were a little bit 
yeah it didn't seem like maybe they weren't really training a lot together or i i don't know what was going on with them but like they yeah i was i was a little disappointed i really don't expect them to score against that italian defense at mm-hmm. this point yeah yeah really yeah really good side brian do you agree with that yeah i i'm just so hesitant to make any kind of prediction <laughs> i know i'm going to be fourth leader <laughs> but i mean um i didn't see the side. well we'll get to the italy belgium game later but Yeah, I mean, Spain doesn't look or didn't look super convincing, but no team has looked convincing in every game they've played this tournament. So mm-hmm. I, I'm not yeah. going to judge them just on that one game. Switzerland was a was a tough team to play against. They beat France, so yeah, that's true. You never know, too. And I thought Pedri was really the main player that played well, and and Cesc Fabregas is a big fan of his. We all know Cesc did amazing things for Spain when he was younger and even as he got older. But he said uh, about Pedri, he's growing into the tournament. He's only 18. We can't forget that. He's a special talent, and I think he'll be a superstar in the near future. So I wanted to give a voice. Uh, hey, so Arine is, Arine is in the room. Uh, I'll, I'll let you finish my thought on Pedri here. Uh Darn. I think uh, I think Pedri's going to be a, a he he could be something really special. I think in this tournament he's really shown for them in, in a team that you could tell uh, you know misses uh, you know the, the the spectacular players they've always had in that midfield with Fabregas with Iniesta and these kind of players that can link it up. Uh, you guys did mention they're kind of missing something there. So yeah, we'll see we'll see what happens if they have a shot. Um, I'm about Pedri Arine, right now. Arine has Arine has left. He's the like screen. four, dude. You can't come out with a scouting report that early. <laughs> Well, no, I'm just saying that he's played very well in the tournament. What are your thoughts? We just talked about Spain, Switzerland. Any thoughts on Spain uh, before? We I hate over? Spain because they banned all the Real Madrid players, so they're a bunch of cocks. There we go. <laughs> that's what Spain's problem is. And that's why we brought Arjen on the pod. Uh, <laughs> so Switzerland, before we leave off on them, uh, I think we should kind of give some credit to them. They played this match without, even though he sucks club-wise, he's been good for country, Granite Shaka. Are we play. recording? Yeah. Real, <laughs> we're in the middle of the pod. <laughs> In the middle of the pod, mate. Uh, Brill Embolo got injured early in the match. That's something to remember too. Uh, so credit to Switzerland, respect, or because I feel like I, I kind of, I'll admit, I'll throw it out there, and I feel like I've been apologizing a lot to teams in this tournament. I did say that they're just kind of the team that's always there. They're rated high. They're always there. But I think they they leave a, a lasting mark on anyone heading out of the tournament here. Who Switzerland? Switzerland. No, <laughs> no. I mean, I, mean, I guess they're forgettable. Yeah, I guess as a Liverpool fan, you could say that Shakiri still got it. Yeah, and they knocked France out. Right? Yeah, <laughs> this didn't impress anyone. It was impressive, but again, forgettable. Like, didn't they do something yeah. similar at the last World Cup, or maybe um, the last year? I don't know. They like, generally again, haven't gotten past the first round. They usually lose yeah. If you get to the first round or quarterfinals, it's forgettable. Okay. Well, here's my thing. So. <laughs> Switzerland just has big Shaq, right? As like their flashy guy. Switzerland, like they put, they gather like a good Euros, right? I think they only lost like, well, obviously other than that Spain game, they got like dicked by Italy, right? Three, it was like three nothing. Yeah. But then they put on some good, obviously they beat France um, in pens. I don't know. They just don't have like a player other than Shaq that like people actually like want to watch. Like when Granit Jaka's like your guy, apparently like everyone's ranting about his game. Don't get me wrong, but when your best player is like a holding midfielder and everyone's <laughs> ranting about how he plays, you're probably a boring team to watch. No offense, Brian, <laughs> with N'Golo Kante, but it, at times, like, but not saying Chelsea was boring to watch. Or, or at least or we have other good players. Uh, yeah. I mean, Kante is the best player in any team he's on. 
but I get, uh, I get, I get your point. I, I think I he's a bit point. overrated sometimes. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> what about what about Sommer though for Switzerland? I mean, obviously he's a goalkeeper, but he may. I mean, it could have been much saying. much worse. Well, yeah. I mean, to your point is that the best performance of the team was the goalie, and it would have been much worse much worse without him. I think. Yeah, like they mm-hmm. just they just like they had some good results, and obviously people remember that France game. It wasn't because of the display that Swiss played. It wasn't like, Oh my God, they played amazing. It's the big story. There was, you know, what happened to France or like obviously killing Mbappe's missed penalty when he's on the cover of FIFA, he's hailed as like the next goat. That's the big story. It's just Switzerland plays a very like structured game, but it's very defensive. And I mean, it works, but it's nothing to get remembered by. You know what I mean? Well, That's I mean, yeah. They did come back from three, one down with like 10 minutes left. <laughs> against France to send a tech. I guess, but like, I guess maybe that's just my takeaways as like a dick bag fan where it's just like, man, Mbappe missed the pen. Like that's the big story. You're like, what the fuck happened to France? I don't think twice about like Switzerland. Cause you could be like, man, who's Switzerland's go-to guy? Like, yeah. it's, was it big Shaq who unfortunately was on the bench a lot for Liverpool, which we saw more, but it's just like Granite Jaka. Like, I don't really want them to go far. Like that's the same thing I felt about Czech. Sorry, Nikhil. I know you got Czech Republic in your thing, but like, you know what I mean? <laughs> I want to see the flashy players, bro. That's all. And, and I guess I, I do. See, I see what you're saying to an extent, but my question is this, if the U S had gone on a run like this, yeah. Uh, you know, would we, would we have at least noted, Hey, they, they came back from three, one down, they beat France in pens and they took Spain to pens in, in the quarterfinals in a tournament like this. So that's, that's what I'm thinking. It's all, it all might be perspective. I, I feel like the reason I say it is because to me, Switzerland did better than I thought they would do. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then we'll yeah. leave them alone. I mean, I guess, I guess there's a bunch of teams that have done better than that we thought they would do it. Right? We didn't think, we didn't expect, uh, we didn't expect Denmark to do as well as they did. We, sure. Heck, we didn't even expect England to do as well as they're doing. Um, <laughs> That's true. So I guess I guess there's this tournament has had teams which have done better than what we expected them to do. I'd say, especially like comeback from Switzerland against France. Like no offense to Switzerland, but I think that was more more telling about France's defensive facilities and like Switzerland's attacking prowess. I mean, France wasn't yeah. really. I think France just like collapsed in that game and like. Mentally, just were in there. Uh, they had like one or two moments of brilliance. Like the Pogba goal was brilliant, but other than that, they weren't really doing much. Yeah, yeah. Except for Adrian Rabio's mom in the crowd. So we'll get to her. <laughs> later. Uh, so uh, let's move on to the next match chronologically. Later that day, the the match of that day was going to be Belgium and Italy. It ended two uh, one in favor of the Italians. Barella and Insigne, the goal scorers. There now. Just before half, Insigne had scored, and you thought, man, it's going to be rough going into the half for Belgium. They did get a pen uh, on an interesting call. Lukaku nailed that in the 45-plus two minutes. So they did make it 2-1 going into the half. Nothing really happened in the second. I'll start with Italy because um, we can. I have quite a bit to ask you about the Belgians. So let's get Italy kind of out of the way because we'll talk about them more in the next one too. Um, are they back at their best after a lackadaisical kind of – well, people, people would consider – compared to how they did in the tournament, lackadaisical round of 16 match. You think they're, they played really well in this one? Yeah, um, I think so. I mean, yeah. I, I, I didn't see the second half and uh-huh. I, apparently I didn't need to. Um, yeah, it was, but I mean, yeah, it didn't really seem like Belgium had much going in the first half mm-hmm. um, because Italy were just that good. Yeah. 
Yeah, they're they're uh, I, you know again I found their passing to be so scintillating and they're playing such a a nice uh, a brand and like that first half a lot of people had said in the chat who felt like a final it, it really did they, the way they were playing was outstanding and I think then we saw the Italy team of of the past kind of step up for the second half play really defensive and just hold it down and and get the W um, so I guess they're kind of they're kind of rolling they'll be an interesting team that we are we are we with. not going to talk about how Belgium is the Tottenham of international well, teams <laughs> well, I'm getting to Belgium next so okay, so cool. you know Italy we'll talk about later so I really wanted to spend time talking about Belgium who got knocked out um, of this tournament and kind of seems to be the the story of every tournament now they, they've had this golden generation for so long uh, is this is this their last was this their last dance? Taylor Twelman many times on the on the air said this is their last dance now. Is that true? Do you think they have one last shot here in the World Cup coming up literally in one and a half years? <laughs> oh, yeah, I think, yeah, they might have a shot in the World Cup. It depends. I mean, I think this World Cup is just going to be wild because mm-hmm. it's in the middle of the, the club season. Yeah. And then, oh, well, I don't know. I mean, the next, after this World Cup, the World Cup expands to, what, 48 teams? 48, yeah. That's like half the world. Um but I mean, honestly, yeah, their their three defenders were Vermilion, Vertonghen, Alder Vereld. Big yikes! The combined combined age of like over a hundred. <laughs> yeah, Bitzel isn't isn't. I mean, Telemans and Thorgan Hazard were the youngest guys. Well, I guess that Doku guy. Who was elected? Yeah. Who invited fucking Yoda's brother to the fucking den? <laughs> who is this guy, bro? Who's Doku? Am I the only one that doesn't know who Doku is? No, when, oh. when the match started, I actually said that in one of the chats, and I'm like, who the hell? And then uh man, he he played really well though. He was flashy. He he was at, he was at best player on the pitch, and I was I was hearing <laughs> Jeff shit about this too, because KDB was nowhere to be seen. This Doku guy was running circles around Kirimi. And yeah. I mean, I mean but they heard- did get out. Played though they get they got outplayed so bad by Italy. I mean that Nikhil is the voice of reason. Honestly, I say some outrageous shit, but when <laughs> Nikhil kind of confirms it, it's not that outrageous anymore. <laughs> so it's like, how many times do we have to really mention uh, KDB kind of like not showing up in these final games? But besides that point, because it's pretty much if you still think KDB is a big game player, you're a fraud yourself. But other than that. What I was going to say is the reason why I think Taylor Twelman's being a little overdramatic is um, Brian mentioned it. The weakest part when you look at this Belgium team on paper are those th- like when you look at them, you're just like everything looks really good. It's just their questions in the back. Right. Mm-hmm. But then you look up front, Lukaku should be good for the World Cup. Right. KDB. Yeah. OK, I know I just ripped on him, but he'll be good for the World <laughs> Cup. OK. Doku. Apparently he's an alien, so he's not going to age. Uh, Thorgan Hazard is better than his brother now out of nowhere. I mean, yeah. I mean, he's been good for a while and kind of hidden, but I think now he really blossomed and people see him for who he is. So I think where they're strongest, they'll stay strong, right? That's the good thing for them. And where they're weak is where, I guess, you say goodbye to the old guys and maybe, maybe new guys can do better. Like, you can't get, like... Not that you can't get worse, because you probably can. Credit to those guys in the back. All Weren't all three of those guys... Oh, two of them were Tottenham players. And one so like, awesome. maybe you get some of the history of the failure out of the way, bring in this new wave of like, Hey, maybe give some of these young guys a shot. And um, that could be better than these guys. So, and, and Courtois should be there. And I think Courtois had a decent to good season at Real Madrid. So like where they're weakest at, 
is what they're replacing. So at that point, it's like a good gamble. You know That's what I mean? Point. So yeah. if, if they can come out maybe a little bit stronger on that aspect, um, you know, I don't know. And I think Thorgan Hazard is only going to get better. And as long as Lukaku's banging in goals and in Italy, his confidence is going to be up. So, um, and maybe KDB will get a little bit healthier. You know, he's, he's been really struggling with injuries the last year or two. I, you know, hopefully it's not a reoccurring problem, but it seems like it, but you know, um, that's my take on Bowser. And that's why I think Taylor Tolman might've been a little bit overdramatic. Well, and that's what I thought too, just because the world cup is so close that even some of these older players can still play. And they're like, you said, they're not like, they're not like super old. So they can get through. I think for the 2024 euros, right. they may, they, but they have a base. We just mentioned all those players that are still yeah. young. Like, you know, exactly. And that, you know, Martinez and Martinez yeah. isn't necessarily like a bad manager. You know, I think he has a lot of people's respect. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so they did say he would be staying. I don't know if it made a big difference in the game. I think he at least still would have won. But Eden Hazard didn't play in the game at all. He didn't even dress because he was injured. Yeah. I was about to say, how how bad do you think them being shorthanded without Hazard and even KDB? I know that there's been the debate. He actually was playing apparently with torn ligaments in his ankle in that match, which. I've had torn ligaments in my ankle and I have no idea how you could, I don't <laughs> yeah. know if I believe that unless they had some like yeah. wild shot. You can't put weight. I mean, I've done it. You can't put really weight on your, your, your foot. I've, I like, I got out in a tournament probably 10 days after, but I could barely move. I only said, t- I only said, put me in. If you can't run anymore, I'll come in for a minute and then come back out. Like there's no way. No, I don't, I don't believe that. You can't, you can't play on a torn ligament. Forget <laughs> Like, even if you have, like, something as small as, like, tendonitis, you can't play, dude. Like, ligament head is way worse. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I, don't, I really don't believe that. All, all sports, all teams always come up with these crazy excuses, like players playing with broken ribs and shit. And I'm sure they build, you know, um, fluff it up or whatever to, to make it seem like the player was um, struggling or whatever. And that's why they lost. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't yeah. know. So we'll, we'll I mean, see. I don't know. Unless unless his unless his like torn ligaments like made him forget how to pass all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> like he play, he he couldn't connect a pass, honestly. And that's mm-hmm. that's KDB in big games. And I know Jeff isn't here to defend him. And but it's a good thing, Nikhil. I mean, it's a fucking good thing, believe me. <laughs> we might hear from him later this week. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, um, yeah, but they're always an exciting team with a lot of um, hype or not hype, but um, fucking it's been a long week, guys. Expectations. Uh, I worked overtime. Yeah. Yeah. Expectations. You yeah. Know? Number, being number one in the world. And all yeah. That. Well, yeah. fake number one in my book. So. Well, yeah. FIFA rankings are like, <laughs> yeah. Any other subject. Well, yeah. They're worse than college football rankings, which are already really bad. And I, I got a question for you guys. Do you think all the Italian players playing in Serie A, like we I know we mentioned it, but do you think like there's a certain playing style, obviously in each league, like a pace of play and stuff. Do you think that all that it actually is all these Italians that stayed in Italy, they're stay in Italy. I mean, Ashton, you mentioned it. Who's that one player that Arsenal is going after, but he's staying Locatelli. I mean, these guys want to stay there and, and they're all used to the same style of play and, and all that stuff. Do you guys think any, you know, we're even seeing it in England. Like, do you guys think that's what it is? Like they're not just spread apart in different leagues and used to a different pace, completely different style. Do you guys think that that's what it is? 
I think to an extent, if I can answer that, yeah, absolutely. Syria saw the most goals this season than they had in previous years. They were a very exciting league. And now look at this Italy team all of a sudden that went from being so like boring, watching paint dry a few, you know, a few years. I'll be honest, when the U.S. played Italy quite a few years back, and, you know, I thought, I think the U.S. tied it at one in the matches, one, one. I'm like, I'm not worried about Italy scoring goals. Getting a goal against them was tough, but you weren't worried. Now you're worried about them scoring goals. And Cena, you would think, could play for almost any team in the world right now. He's so electric. I mean, he scored yeah. a sick curl in this team. Um, and we'll come to England, too. But I do agree. I do think that since he a lot of He had the R1 circle now, button. That's <laughs> yeah. what he did. Yeah. And since a lot of these guys play at the similar pace, you're right. The timing. It's the timing. That's all. And, and you know what? Maybe it's international soccer when we're blinded by the Premier League pace of playing how it is, you know, on the defensive aspect of it. But how about this? With the attack that we just saw from Belgium and in a time where people preach, it's like, the center backs that we talk about now are almost expected to be like NBA big men where it was like back then it was like being physical in the NBA, right? Now you have to take a three right now. Defensemen now center backs are like, have to be fast. Now they have to do all this shit. You look at VVD and you think everyone should be like that. I mean, you have Chiellini and Bonucci who are as (laughs) fucking old school as it gets only giving up one goal to Belgium in 90 minutes. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah, I mean, it's international play. It's a totally different style of play than maybe what's broadcasted to the world. Like, international play, is a, a, the pace is, is very similar to, like, Italy or, you know, a German league. You know, a lot slower than what we watch in the Premier League. So, you know, maybe that shit's overhyped. <laughs> maybe you need guys like Bonucci and Chiellini still. I love I love Chiellini. Is the history of the Tottenham. <laughs> yeah. I know yeah. I just blabbered on, but that was a very exciting game and result i thought you know what i mean Nikhil brian you guys agree with the style of play talk yeah, yeah. I, i'd say so sorry go ahead brian <coughs> no i was just gonna say it, it's always interesting to see what style of play wins out at uh international tournament that's held every four years you know like 10 years ago it was tiki taka for Spain. And that was unstoppable. That was going to revolutionize football. And they won two euros in a world cup playing that you'd get blown off the pitch trying to play like that nowadays. So, you know, I don't know if it's Italy just has the, the hot hand and and maybe their players are just, um, they're, they're here for it. They missed the world cup. So they're hungry. That's true. No pun intended uh, hungry. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Go ahead, Nikhil. No, I was going to say, I, I mean, I kind of agree with what both Brian and uh, Arena are saying. Maybe maybe it's a combination, right? It's it's you're, you're only as good as your tools are. And I think for Spain back in the day, Tiki Taka worked because they had that midfield going there, Thiago Iniesta. Uh, they, had, they had that whole core of like very good passing, shot pass play, players. And Italy, on the other hand, has now got this really exciting attack with a very solid defense. Um, yeah, maybe maybe it's just a combination of both factors. Like you, right now, Spain doesn't really have like you're trying you're playing Tiki Taka, but your final pass is going to Morada. So <laughs> I guess yeah. <laughs> Arjun, do you want to say something about Morada before we move on? No, I mean Tiki Taka went from fucking passing it to Torres to Morada. That says enough about that. <laughs> there you go. Um, One last question for everyone here. I guess from going into this tournament to now, after seeing how they play and like, I guess the camaraderie with Italy, are you rooting for, are you rooting for Italy any more than 
before this tournament? <laughs> well, I think oh. I'm rooting for Italy in this in this round, mm-hmm. um, this semifinals, just because I want to see them win over Spain, I guess. But I I hadn't really rooted for them in any other round. So it's just process of elimination. I like them better than the team they're playing against now. <laughs> but I don't know. I, I've always, yeah, I don't know. Not, not really, I guess, to answer your question. Uh, I'll say I'm rooting for them because of the uh, because I had them in the draft for our uh, fantasy team. <laughs> but uh, no, but in all seriousness, they've been so fun to watch. Like that game was to me out of the four games that we saw this past weekend the most fun to watch. I think they, their style of play is exciting now. Uh, I I'll be honest. I went into the opening game of the tournament because if you remember, they played Switzerland in the first game, thinking, "Oh boy, there we go. Opening game is going to be a pretty boring one nothing." And they played so well, and I was like, "Huh, this was fun. This is if this sets the scene for the Euros." So I, I have been rooting for them. The only thing that makes it a little difficult is that we're just going to have to hear because Jeff picked them to win at the beginning, so we just have to hear it every week from Jeff that he's right. Um, but outside of that, I have no problem rooting for them. And honestly, I, I'm going to be quite honest. I, I'm rooting for them the rest of the way out. So they're, they're you know, Jeff, Jeff can say that, but the other side, the other side of the coin is like. There's no city player on the Italy side. I'm really <laughs> happy know. about that. He's not going to talk shit. Because if, if England wins, which oh. is the other team that I think is like the strongest contender, but I mean, I guess we'll get to that. But if England wins, we're never going to hear the end of it from Jeff about how Man City <laughs> has won it for England. Uh, so Not yeah. only the players that are on currently on Man City, but even the ones that he thinks are going to be on uh, Man City when it ends. So that, that is the painful part of it. Uh, but yeah, you're right. Italy doesn't have any City players. They do have two Chelsea players. So um, we'll now go to the opening match that was uh, Saturday. The first match Saturday, Czech Republic 1, Denmark 2. Delaney and Dolberg made it 2-0 in the first half. Patrick Schick, who's, who's making a run for the Golden Boot, tied Ronaldo... Uh, his road did end, did make it 2-1 and cut the lead in half. But I, I just never felt at any point, even after that, that the Danes were going to give up that 2-1 lead. Did any of you even feel like Czech Republic? Granted, I'll give him credit. Shout out to the Czech Republic. Shout out to Nikhil. They're your team in, in the in the draft. You picked them second to last. I just I just never felt like they were going to score a second goal. Did anyone think they were going to get close to a second goal at all? No, I, I thought Denmark had this had this game. Even though they gave up that goal, I thought they were always in control. Mm-hmm. <coughs> yeah, D- Denmark, a team of destiny, guys. Are they becoming a team of, uh, of destiny? They won in '92, uh, if you remember, or, or well, maybe some of us weren't born. Um, but if you heard, <laughs> they I don't uh, remember. Yeah, they they won because well, they got into the tournament because there was a civil war in Yugoslavia, so they hadn't qualified. They get into the tournament because of that they win the whole thing. The Christian Eriksen thing happens day two. They're not expected to to get this far. Granted, this one, this match, they were maybe expected to win, but here they are in the semifinals. Denmark team of destiny, yes or no? Uh, uh, sure. Yeah. You know, that's something well, they win it. Yes. Yeah, I think. Well, a team of destiny. I like. I don't even know what that really means. Um, to be honest with you, like. I mean, I think it's cool that they're rallying, but I think what they do a really good job of doing is even with Ericsson out, which sucks, is uh, they like Denmark just can produce very like very good midfielders, and they're very good with playing through the midfield. So they force the game through the midfield. So they really take in their strengths. And someone that I really want to mention 
who I just want to be on the right team that fits him well is Casper Dolberg because that dude was a fucking tank at, at, um, at Ajax. And I remember he was hyped up to be the next golden boy. I think he's at Nice and like things aren't hidden, but I would just want him to make a good move. Cause I really feel like he's a really good, um, like just a poacher striker. Like he's a good target guy and he's coming up with like pretty big goals for a side that's like, decent so like they'll probably go up against teams that are tough that are better and worse than him but he's staying pretty consistent and I think that says a lot about a striker especially someone that's like his role so I mean it, long story short I think Denmark's playing their, their last game next game um mm-hmm. but um I think they've really surprised us and I think whoever their manager is should get a fucking shout out and a half because he's making them play to their strengths perfectly and it's getting them through this tournament without their captain mm-hmm. or without their vice captain the cats their captain is uh Chire, Chire. 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 Yeah. Chire. yeah um so yeah that's that's my take on on Denmark but I mean I hope they win because you know um just for like Christian Eriksen and everything that happened with that so uh, wait who are they playing England. We'll be playing England. Okay, I you know what I have a soft spot for England, so like maybe I'm I'm rooting for England. So uh, <laughs> um, I, I do want to say the the assist on Dolberg Dolberg's goal against Croatia oh, yeah. was fucking sick. Uh, an insane cross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was like assist of the tournament. Yeah, but you still got to bang it in, and you know yeah. what? You've seen Morata, so. Anything's yeah, possible. Nikhil, so. your thoughts on Denmark? Um, I mean, they, they've, they've impressed. Um, I think it's also been, I don't, I don't want to say they've been lucky, but they have had some, some fair share of luck in terms of their scheduling and like the games that they've got. Um, yeah. Like, so I would say they, they have faced some tough games, but they haven't really been tested completely. So against England is, I think, a fair game to like. If they win that game, then absolutely. Uh, but it's going to be a hard one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So their their manager is Kaspar Julman. So another Casper. Another Casper. But, um, but Nikhil brings up a good point. The two good teams. I mean, they've really faced one elite team, and they lost to Belgium, yeah. right? And I mean, they lost at the Pookie Watch too. So that is that is very true. Other than that, um, well, they the beat Wales. Well, well, that match was a bit wild. Well, yeah. just shorthanded, right? So, um, no, that's a very good point. I mean, no, no resume wins, as we would say in the college basketball world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. True. I, I will say though, I, I, they did win quite impressive. Was it four nothing? They beat Wales, and then this, yeah, this one wasn't that impressive. So we'll see how they do. It's just one of those. I don't know. I feel like this is one of those teams that just figures it out or finds ways to get it done. Ever yeah. since that, that even the Belgium game, I guess that they did lose. We'll see what happens with with them. I, I wanted to say though, um, apparently, they they might have trouble getting some some fans into the stadium, right? Because I think if they were traveling from Azerbaijan to go to England or even from Denmark, I think there might be some issues. I think their coach. I, I read something that he is uh, he's told Boris Johnson to wake up and allow fans to travel to Wembley. So uh, <laughs> big shout out to Casper Schulman, who's called out Boris Johnson. Uh, mad scenes there. So we'll see. If the Danes have the support they need, that could be a big, big issue. I would see. I would be all on board, and and you know how I am when things are out there. When when things are working, it's working. But there, you know, there's that Delta variant that's kind of hitting now. Um, yeah. But yeah, they're saying the vaccine's good with it. So, um, 
you know, I don't know. There's still questions. You don't want, you just don't want things to get worse again. You know right. what I mean? So I kind of see both sides of the spectrum. And, you know, Casper's kind of wilding with calling out, you know, presidents and shit like that. But, um, <laughs> hey, man, if, if the vaccine is, is good against this Delta variant, which I, I think it is, um, at least the ones that are given here, right, or in the yeah. United States. Um, sorry, Jeff. No, I mean, he gets the same ones we do, right? Um, yeah. Then, yeah, I, I'm, with, I'm with Casper, actually. Okay. We'll see. Is yeah, isn't there like a big controversy right now about how uh, they're letting in like foreign dignitaries and like VIPs to like the stadium in Wembley and they're making people like like they're making normal people like the commoners uh, quarantine for 14 days something like that yeah right oh, yeah. Wow. I did not know that exactly. and that's why the fans wouldn't be able to come because if they come in they have to quarantine and then they'd miss the match so I mean you travel there but you're not going to get to see the, the match they're trying to get a bunch of UK based Danes to show up. So we'll see, we'll see how that crowd shows up at Wembley. Uh, before we get to speaking of Wembley, I do want to ask one last question. Patrick Schick has scored a few impressive goals this tournament. Uh, and he had one streak earlier, a few years ago, I think, but in between he hasn't been so overwhelmingly good. I think he had, I believe, was it nine goals in 29 appearances last year, something like this. Uh, do you guys think Patrick Schick coming off this performance might be signed by a bigger team? Probably signed by a bigger team, but I don't think he's going to make an impact. Like okay. history is littered with soccer history is littered with people that break out on the uh, international stage and then don't do shit in the club team. Look at James Rodriguez after the <laughs> 2014 World Cup. What's yeah. he done since then? He's won a yeah. couple Champions Leagues. Did he play some of the <laughs> games? I, I think I don't know, but yeah, you got a point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so apparently he went on a big string and he was a, he went to Roma for 42 million euros. Um, I don't know exactly when that was not too long ago, but uh, they're saying that, yeah, he might be able to build up another move. So maybe, um, maybe other teams will learn and say, hmm, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. I don't know. It's uh, apparently he, Everton want to sign him. He made that move at a pretty young age too. Um, yeah. But I think for now, um, maybe Everton wouldn't be bad if they start him, but you know, Leverkusen I think is a perfect spot to really make a name for yourself and really get settled before you make that big move. Um, I think he's at a perfect size club and a good league to develop his skills to where they need to be before he makes the leap leap, if that makes sense. Yep. Yeah. So Patrick Schick will be one to watch, I, I think, but I do agree. I think if he stays put, it might be best for him to just build up a little more there, have a good season. Hey man, and... Labor Fusion develops some studs, man. Let's not sleep on, on those guys. Kai Havertz. Oh yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly so let's see what happens there let's talk about the other team that Denmark will be playing speaking of Wembley wow England for Ukraine nil I couldn't have been any more wrong trying to <laughs> go against the grain and be like oh this is going to be the one that that uh the upset happens in it seems like there were upsets galore in the previous rounds none in this round um not only that but England shit pumps Ukraine for nothing Harry Kane gets a brace which I believe are second and third goal so he started to score after you made fun of him or I made fun of him uh Slabhead got a goal. Jordan Henderson gets his first England goal, which was the scenes were amazing. I don't know if anyone saw this on the feed after he scores, there were fans in Everton jerseys that yeah. were going wild. Did you guys happen to catch that? Yeah, I caught that. <laughs> that was amazing. Dumbasses. But I mean, I guess they're England fans won, but why, why were your Everton Jersey to the England game? And then right. off for Henderson's goal. 
Yeah, you know that you know DCL isn't coming, although he did come on, but he wasn't yeah. supposed to at first. Um, so I guess that asks us before we get to the parts of the match, is it is it coming home? I mean, I, I everything I've made fun of, it, it happens, like the opposite happens. And I made fun of it's coming home in our preview show, and it's looking like it is co- more than ever that it might be coming home with an all Manchester back line. I don't know if you guys have noticed. They have uh, Stones and Walker on one side and McGuire uh, and Shaw on the other. It's a complete all Manchester back line. They should get um, in uh, Henderson and that. Yeah, uh, yeah, they should. I mean, and they have zero goals against. Will yeah, that's why. That's why goal. they're not gonna. They're not gonna take Pickford Pickford out because he literally hasn't conceded a goal. But I mean Henderson, mm-hmm. United goal. They should get a. Well, I say should. Maybe in the third game of the group stage he should have. But at this point, you stick with Pickford. But. Um, I, I find it odd that England's best performance was at the one game that they didn't play at home. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's why I'm a little, little hesitant to say it, it is coming home because I, I, I don't think it is. I think there's too much pressure on them at home. They have too many distractions. Um, so I'm going to say no. I think they'll lose in the final. Okay. All right. Uh any, anyone else, any comments on this English defense? It, are they going to give up a goal? <laughs> I mean, I guess who have they played of meaning, right? Like they played Germany, but Germany has been like pretty poor too. I would have been impressed if they have played France, Italy, Belgium, right. any of these teams. I mean, yeah, so I'm not, I'm not too sold on England's defense yet. They've had like, they barely have had anything to do. Again, they don't look really... Yeah, they scored four goals. They scored four goals against a team that was trying to like stay alive, I guess, in the competition. Um, yeah, I'm not 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 sold on England. Still, don't think it's. I don't think it's coming home. Uh, <laughs> no, no, not happening. There we go, uh, Arine. What is your thoughts on this defense? Are they going to ever give up a goal? Is it coming home? Um, I think they'll give up a goal, but yeah, I think they're going to win it all. Oh, okay. So we'll yeah. get more into that, I guess, oh. a little later in your preview. Or what? What do you think their strong suit is? Is it because they haven't given up anything? Is it because their defense is so good, or do you think they have that one or two? I guess here's my. It brings me to my next question: If England are to win it all, who is the key player for them in the last two games here? In these last two games, to, to oh. be able to win it all, who has to perform? Harry Kane. Yeah. Okay. It's you Harry need Kane. your goal scorer. Yeah, you need your goal scorer to score. Um, because as long as, I mean, I don't know. It just, every team that Harry Kane's around, he needs to fucking do good for them to really, (laughs) but I, I don't know. That's just my, my obvious answer. Cause if he's not scoring goals outside of him, um, don't get me wrong. I know Raheem Sterling has been kind of firing and, um, all those guys, but outside of him, uh, for their clubs, at least I can't think of any of those guys that really puts, the ball in the back of the net like consistently and Harry Kane in his top form is in the discussion with like Lewandowski, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, the best player has to perform on your best team. So that's. He's captain he, too. Yeah. Captain as well. Yeah. So. I think despite the fact that he's a mouth breather, I, I do agree that he has to be the one that, that gets it done for them because you, you notice the last two games is when he's come to life. Um, they in Germany, the Germany match, I believe, uh, didn't did he score the did he score the first one or the one that put it away? I can't. I'm trying to remember right now off the top of my head. He put it away, right? right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he put that game away, and then this one he got them started on the right foot. And I think that these last two matches are the ones they have looked 
the best because that group stage, they did not look very good at all. I mean, against Scotland, it was – I missed the match, but I heard it was a boar fest. It stunk. Yeah, it was. Uh, That's my <laughs> thing, though. They started <laughs> off with that result, but slowly it seems like with every performance they've gotten better. But that's what I'm saying. I think in the matches that Harry Kane has done well, that's when they, like you said, have done have done solidly too. So, so yeah, I think he has to be he has to be on top of it. Um, and you know, a lot of talk. And are you listen to talk sport a lot? And I, I'm sure you guys have all read on Twitter or heard the commentary. You know, when the lineups come out, people are railing on on Southgate. You know, like, what kind that's of lineup did he pick? This lineup is shit. This line. Exactly. Is it time for us to give some props to Gareth Southgate for picking the team that's gotten to the semis? I, I see Nikhil, you're shaking your head. Is is this going? Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. I think I think he's just honestly like I was. You know, this was going to be my hot take, and I know it's, it sounds a little ridiculous, but I think you know the key for England is right now. I think Southgate he has to pick a lineup that actually goes out there and attacks like. If he picks the same lineup, okay, let's say they let's say they beat them after the same lineup, they go to the final, they're playing Italy. Um, if he's really expecting Sterling to be the only creative spark against Italy, they're doomed. I don't think they're gonna win against like I don't think that he's gonna get be able to get past both Bonucci and Kellini. Um mm-hmm. and I feel like he's got Foden, and I know we like shit on Foden, but <laughs> he I feel like Foden deserves to be in this lineup, like uh, Mason Mount is great, but I think Foden does deserve to be in the lineup on over Mason Mount, uh, or maybe even Saka. But yeah, I, I it really shocks me that his his choices like maybe okay Henderson still does make sense because Declan Rice has had a good season, but the rest of it, yeah. I, don't know. I was gonna say they haven't played Jack Grealish very much too. A lot of people right. talking about that as well. Uh, so uh, Brian, I saw you. I saw on that, and you heard a, a little. Talk about Mason Mount. What are your talk? What are your thoughts? I want to see Foden and Mount on the field at, this, at the same time, and Grealish. Really? I want uh-huh. these young guys, these young spark plug guys, and Sancho. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's hard to say that though when Sterling has had, had such a great tournament, you can't take him out, and and they're it's worked. Obviously, they haven't given up a goal, um, but I, I don't know. I just want to see something more exciting. Yeah. Is it fair to say, because I remember you sent a chat and I want, I want to just double check. You do not want to see Phillips and Rice on the field at the same time. You think it's too defensive? I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I said that and then England scored four goals. So <laughs> obviously I'm wrong, but, but that was against Ukraine to be fair. True. Yeah. But if you need a, I don't know, it seems like if you're going to have both of them on, you need someone dynamic like Grealish or mm-hmm. or, Fod- or Foden really okay Mount has his moments but I mean honestly Foden has been fantastic like probably better than Mount this year so I'll say are in your except, you're for Gareth- one, except for one specific game I can think of all right I'm gonna I'm gonna now quiz are in your Gareth Southgate for the next two minutes here uh you can't <clears throat> touch the back line let's say they're gonna go back four right with the yeah. goalkeeper Pickford the same because they haven't given up a goal. So we'll keep back unless you want to go to back five. Who do you play in front of those back four and the goalie? Who's your midfield and, and striker units? I assuming it could be any formation you want. Four, four, two, four, three, three. What what would you go with? Um I would and just who? go with exactly what you did last game. I don't know. Okay. Everything seemed to click. Um everyone no one had a bad game. You know, Harry Kane got his two goals. 
Um, Sterling put in a really good shift. Um, Sterling's had a really good tournament. So he's in form. Um, he wants this bad. Keep him. Can't replace Kane. Or yeah, you can't replace Kane. So keep those two. Um, Mount's been pretty good. Um, and he's in form coming off a of Champions League. Um, the only person that kind of scares me is Sancho because his head might be elsewhere because he just fucking decided to transfer when your team's in the semifinals of the fucking Euros, which is bananas. <laughs> Maybe announce that after. I don't know. Um, well, he he had a good game after it got announced. That's true. that's you know that's true. Um, is that why he, Southgate didn't play him because he wasn't in the Premier League yet? He joins the Premier League and then he plays. What's that yeah, all? That, about? That's a conspiracy theory. Yeah, I don't know, but um, I guess I guess don't broke it if it ain't um, or don't fix it if it ain't broke. <laughs> don't yeah. broke it if it ain't fixed. Don't broke it if it ain't fixed. Yeah, but you, you, I mean, you get what I'm saying. If it's working, it's working and. I mean, as much as people want to rip Garrett Southgate, I mean, fair play. I mean, I hear it on talk sport still. Um, people still hate on it, but God, I mean, besides that first game where rightfully so, you know, he probably did get, should have gotten slated. I mean, damn, they've, they've lived up to it. And um, as if we're on the topic of England, there's one thing that's different between this and the other England teams. And that's like a sense of camaraderie. I feel like, you know, in the, in the past, you know, I, I listened to a lot of interviews, read a lot of books, and it's just there always was a divide because all these guys yeah. hate each other in the Premier League. But now, as much as we all make fun of it when players hang out with with the others, you know, we're like, oh, that's not – that shouldn't be allowed or, or you know, all that shit. You know, players shouldn't get along. That's what this country needed. You know, they need to get along and, and come together and legit fucking play for the country. You know what and I mean? You saw, you saw it the, in Russia too. It, the yeah. same four group yes. of guys that were Got to that the semis. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think, you know, as much as we want to rip on that culture for international play, it's, I mean, it's fucking amazing. Cause yeah. all these guys, I, I, I'm looking at this, all these guys, these guys got suspended for hanging out during COVID. They love each other so much. <laughs> like for real, <laughs> yeah. like that's this team. Like they like to be around each other. They're here for another. Um, you listen to the interviews, you got people that are perfectly fine with being subs and reserves and saying that they're given like 110% in practices. Um, your boy, Afshin, um, he's in the practice squad, the guy on uh, Brighton, what's his name? The defenseman. Ben White. Yeah. Yeah. Ben White. Um, he got brought in just the reserves and he's apparently he's just putting in shifts just to practice. Mm -hmm. So that's something that's super special about this team. And I think that's, what's going to get them forward you know the same thing with the italians italians love wearing that jersey and come together you know what i mean that's that's what it is that's um the chemistry that was missing yeah little sidebar on that actually that when they asked which player looks is the most impressive to you so far in training both Saka and foden mentioned ben white's name so even though he hasn't played on the pitch you made you made a good mention of like even the guys in training you know up, up to number 26 they're putting in good shifts in training and they're hard, they're hard players. They get along well. Um, and like you said, they, they may not have played to this point. Some of them DCL, I think just got a few minutes last match, but I'm sure he's pushing Harry Kane, you know, to, to be the best he can. And, and you got a bunch of those midfielders obviously pushing each other. So yeah, we'll see what happens. We'll see if they get it done. I do want to say before we move on, how awful are Ukraine on set pieces? Like how trash were they? They got beat to every damn header. They like yeah. anytime a free kick would come up, I'm like, they're getting scored on. And they did. They stunk. Yeah. Yeah. That um, was bad. I mean, Shevchenko wasn't necessarily known for his defensive abilities as a, as a, <laughs> as a world-class player. So um, yeah. Can, yeah. Can I give my, uh, 
can I give my England uh, lineup that I want to see? Yes, Brian, please <coughs> give us your – are you going to back five or are you keeping the four? Uh, it's back five is what I want okay, to see. Okay, tell us. Uh, two wing backs. So keep, keep Shaw in there at left wing back, right uh-huh. wing back. Either either put in Saka or Reese James. I'm okay. I know you want Reese James in there. So we'll Saka is a little more dy- dynamic going forward. So I'd understand him if if you need that a little attacking. And then you have uh, Walker, Stones, and McGuire um, as a center backs. Um, so then you have two midfielders. Uh, I guess Rice and uh, so wait. No, I'm going five three two. So um, you have have Rice and Phillips in there. And either uh, Mount, I'll say Mount, just because he's been playing so much. And up top, um, Kane and Foden, or okay. Kane and Grealish. So you're putting Sterling on the bench. He's been so informed, though, Brian. I know. Can't just that pass. That's just what I want to see. That pass he made for the first goal was very underrated. I thought that was a sick pass. You guys remember the first goal Harry Kane scored in that match? That was a yeah. really good pass. Yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> it was a really good move by Sterling. So, yeah. So maybe okay. So put put Kane and Sterling up top, and put Foden in the midfield instead of Mount. Okay. But then, okay. but then mix it up. Like, don't wait until the seventy fifth minute for subs. Subs. Do, do yeah. a sub at halftime. Do two subs at sixty minutes. Do two subs at seventy five minutes. Yeah, I was gonna say. Is it fair to say that? Um, none of us really are okay. We're all okay with not being in his shoes right now, Gareth Southgate. Yeah, There's a lot of pressure mm-hmm. on the man to make some decisions for a match coming up on Wednesday. To be fair, though, he's got a lot of a lot of good talent though that he's working with that True. are in form. So he's got that benefiting him. You know what I mean? So be- better than being yeah, Shevchenko with that squad he had, which again they were just happy to be there. I think they're just happy to be in the quarters. Yeah, like, yeah. They, he was like, yeah. our goal was to get out of the group, and everything else is gravy. Yeah, they played like it because it was. <laughs> it's also really it's horrendous. it's also really cool seeing Shevchenko manage Ukraine, you know, like seeing mm-hmm. someone that um I mean I I didn't see him as much in his prime, but like I caught the end of it. Um now just managing Ukraine. I think actually you, whenever he was on TV, I think you always like talked him up to me yeah. and like he's someone that Shevchenko I distinctively there. remember you when I was younger telling me this guy's fucking good, you know what I mean? So yeah, whenever they were playing, uh, whenever he played for Ukraine, and yeah, of course he played for Chelsea for a bit, and uh, Milan, right? Didn't he play for AC? Yeah, yeah, that's, yep. So I just remember when he come when the World Cup would come around, and Arjen hadn't been watching, you hadn't been playing FIFA then, too. I was like, this guy, this guy is an electric factory. And he, he was, mm-hmm. and that team, I will say this, I'll come out with this thought about Ukraine. Let me say something positive, because I just trashed him for, for a good amount of time. They're number 10, uh, Sheparenko or Sharapenko, that dude is pretty good. So if any scouts are watching, go out and get number 10, Sharapenko, Sheparenko. I, you know, okay. their names are all very similar. From but, Dinamo Kiev. He's won me some money on, uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> really? Wild really? He's one to watch. Cause he, he was really fun to watch here. And I think he's played well for his club too. Obviously for Arjen, he's done some, some work as well. Oh, yeah. What have you bet on him for? Uh, you know those wild parlays sometimes I made because uh, <laughs> summer I was up very late, so like Ukraine <laughs> games would be starting. So yeah, um, would yeah, he be a goal I, scorer or the team to win? No, the team. I'd always okay. bet like he'd be part of those parlays. Okay, yeah. yeah, solid player. So uh, let's see if anyone. Uh, he's a young guy too, so let's see if, see if anyone takes him up. Um, now before we get to, we'll get to the preview of the next set of matches soon. I just want to cu- talk about a couple of things. Copa America is winding down. I, you know, the, the knockout matches are a little 
little more fun to watch in the group stage. Um, we're down now to the semifinals. They're actually, one of them just ended like a little bit ago. Brazil advancing 1-0 over Peru. Um, was it Paqueta who scored? I know Neymar yeah. set him up. There we yeah. go. And then, um, so Brazil will be in the final. That will occur on Saturday for those that are uh, watching at home. I believe it's 7.30 Eastern, 6.30 Central. Double check that. FS1, they will play the winner of Argentina and Colombia. So, yeah. folks, who's watching Argentina, Colombia tomorrow night? Not me. <laughs> Brian is not yeah. watching it. Nikhil not watching I mean, it. Nah. Are you any interest in um, uh, If I get back on time, I you know I might just put that on as you know after a long day of work, dude. I drive past a Burger King, I drive past a White Castle. I'm the type where I'm, if I'm exhausted, I don't give a fuck. I'm gonna buy whatever I want. <laughs> so I might just buy a mis a misery like Burger King chicken sandwich and just watch the game, man. Honestly, and just that. <laughs> a little relaxing, you know I mean? relaxing evening after a tough. I'll day. get my run done in the morning. You know <laughs> what I mean. Go to work, come back, and then uh, yeah, I, w- I would like to see it because I feel like I've seen Brazil when they're on TV for some reason, but I haven't seen a lot of Argentina. I've only seen highlights because last game I know Messi had that insane free kick, and you know they're, they've been scoring a lot of goals. So I want to see them. Plus, you saying that you think Colombia um, has a chance, has a chance. Uh, I found that interesting, so I want to <laughs> see if you're right. I kind of, I honestly, I've been throwing shit against the wall and seeing if it would stick these days. I, you know, it's, it's, t- yeah, we, we do want to see, I think a lot of us want to see Argentina win to see that Brazil Argentina final because that would be seen. And I think that would get perhaps Brian and Nikhil to watch. Would you guys watch the Brazil Argentina final at least? <sighs> I might have it on in the background. <laughs> Unreal. It's Saturday at 6 p.m. Central time. So and for Nikhil, yeah. four. Yeah. Well, so no, it'll still be it'll still be seven p.m. for me. I'm still in New York. York. So. Oh, got it. There you go. There you go, mate. So t- tomorrow, Argentina, Colombia is eight central, nine eastern. So uh, heads up to everyone. Or today, for those listening to the pod. Um, yeah, let's see. I- I'm excited. I want to see what happens. I want to see if uh, Messi can step up and 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 get him to the final. And honestly, I, I could see myself rooting for them. I want. I- he's got to win a trophy. The poor guy. You know, he's worked so hard. Um, so let's see if, uh, I mean, an international one. I mean, he's won a lot of club right. ones, but international. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's see how that turns out. I'm a neighbor uh, guy, Sam. You know, I've always been a Brazil <laughs> guy too. So I don't know, yeah, man. I don't know if I'll be rooting for Messi, if I'm being honest. But wouldn't you like to see him win one at least? I mean, the poor guy, he's lost in all these finals. Like Chile <laughs> beat him two times in a row. And then uh, Germany beat them in the World Cup final. This poor guy. What if, what if this opens the floodgates and he starts winning everything now? He's gonna have like an electric season for Barcelona. <laughs> he's gonna win the he's gonna win the World Cup. Will he Barcelona? stay with Barcelona? Yeah. Currently, he's the guys. Honestly, he's a free agent. Right? As of right now, he's unattached. Lionel Messi does not have a club on nice. on this day, nine thirty three Central Time, July fifth. Lionel Messi is unattached. <laughs> wow, I didn't think of it like that. His contract ran out on July first. So, but yeah, I think I think they'll find a way. They, they do have to unload a lot of salaries, what I'm hearing. Like, there, there are a lot of Barcelona players that are on the block right now. I don't know if any of you guys heard. Uh, Wolves took Trincao, actually, um, just like today. They're, like, really yeah. trying to pawn off Coutinho right now. Yeah, they're trying to him, pawn him they're off. Like, anybody Coutinho. take him. Yeah, they are, they're trying to release. I think they have to get rid of, like, 
two hundred million on wage, like on the wage. Wow. Board. it's wild. Like they're yeah, because they're, all all their new si- signings haven't been able to sign. Yes, correct. Really, so, like Aguero is not on Barcelona yet, and uh, what's his name Depay, Depay is not yep. on Barcelona yet because they can't sign contracts. Yeah, because. Barcelona can't currently afford them. That's Correct. actually wild. It is. <laughs> yeah. Who would have thought that this would be Barcelona in this day and age? Yeah. This is why they wanted the Super League. league that you know what? Are they going to get rid of Dembele? Uh, I could see them maybe trying to take him off the wage bill and make some money because they need to make money. They, they're, yeah, they don't have money. They wow. need to do something. And I, I hope all those guys come to the Premier League. I want all the talent coming to the <laughs> would be Would be interesting scenes there. So, yeah. Um, I do want to say one thing that I found really weird. Like, you know how sometimes you'll go and just, I don't know if you guys have done this, um, but I think a lot of us have flash score app or, or something similar like live score or some sort of app like that. And some days I'll just go on there and be like, Oh, what other matches kind of happen? I don't just, I, I click on my favorite competitions to see if there are any international friendlies or whatever. And you guys remember uh, Ramiro Funes Mori of, of Argentina. He played for Everton for, for three uh, years. Mm-hmm. Um, I so I, I'm looking at the Mexico score the other day. They had a friendly, maybe against Costa Rica. It, it may have been, I don't know. And I see a Funes Mori on the sheet, and I'm like, wait a minute, that lad played for Argentina. His yeah. brother, sorry, you're shaking your head like yeah. His brother plays for Mexico, and he plays for Argentina. Have you guys seen this ever since the uh, Botang, the Botang split? One of them played for Ghana, one of them played for Germany. <laughs> I, so his brother must have switched because I know in FIFA I would always get confused because there was two Funes Moris that were the exact same rating, yeah, um, both Argentina. So he must have switched. Regalio Funes Mori, I think it is not the one that played for Everton. The one that played for Everton is still in Argentina, but his brother plays for Mexico. That is, and to me, that is interesting. I, I always found it interesting when there are players that that play for separate uh, countries. Yeah. Amazing stuff. I, who are the? Let's try to think. Were there other brothers? So there was the Boatangs. I Tiago, who's Tiago's brother? Um, Tiago Alcantara's brother is um, Rafinha. Rafinha, yeah, yeah. Oh. Rafinha's Brazilian. Tiago's Spanish. Oh, and it, isn't there also? I believe this one might not be as well known, but Granite Shaka's brother, Talent Shaka, I think plays for Albania. If I'm not yeah. mistaken, uh, or used to. Uh, the Chupa Motangs don't didn't they play for different countries? Wait, there's two Chupa Motangs. No, maybe I'm thinking. Um, no, Boatangs. Just the Boatang. Boatang. Oh, yeah. Kevin Prince Boatang and uh, Jerome Get Boatang. Over. Yes. Yeah. Kevin Prince played for Ghana, or I Ghana, think. right? And then Jerome played for Germany. Germany. Yeah. Bro, Kevin Prince Boateng in his prime was an absolute electric factory. <laughs> that dude scored some wild ass fucking goals. Yeah, Ghana. And the AUs play for the same country, so they're not on it. Yeah, yeah if anyone finds any uh, brothers that play for separate countries, I think we got, what, four? We've named four, which isn't bad. Um, I just thought it was really cool fact. I don't know. I think it's one of these interesting things that, um, you know, if if my brother and I were star players, would we be on different teams? <laughs> I, I would play for the United States of America because I was born and raised here. And actually okay. would play for Iran because he'd have a better chance of uh... – Playing. I, I would right. I would it depends. If I'm really, really good, I'd probably play for the US. But if I was like a US reserve or like and an Iranian star, I'd probably go to Iran. <laughs> so who knows? Um okay. Here's so here, here's what's, Rohe- what's yeah, up. I was gonna say Rogelio just this year. Um he's been playing in the Mexican uh league uh Liga MX for the uh-huh. last six years. So I guess he only ever had one he played for Argentina's U U twenty team, but 
I guess he wanted to play international football, so he changed his uh, um, whatever. His allegiance. Alle- yeah, allegiance. <laughs> yeah, thank you. That's crazy. But they're stuff. twins. Yes. Oh, that was the other thing I forgot to mention. You're right. They're twins. Yeah. Unreal. <laughs> Unreal. Amazing. <laughs> um, yeah. Interesting stuff. So uh, that was the Copa America update. Oh, so by the way, funny. Steve Steve Bandana. You guys know the uh, goalkeeper. Yeah. His brother, yeah. his brother, Parfait Bandana, plays for Congo. Oh. Both Who does Steve play for? France. 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 Steve is yeah. France. Okay. Wait, what was that name? Was it Parfait? I thought Parfait, parfait was a like, breakfast dessert. Yeah, like a Parfait. That makes That's you want to go yeah, literally parfait. parfait. Paul Pogba and his brother Matthias, apparently, as well. Um, yes. Oh, yeah. Guinea? Guinea. Yeah. 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 Brother plays for. So and then there's not... Florentine, who played in MLS. Yeah. Yep. For Atlanta or something? Right? Yeah, he did. He played for Atlanta. Oh, oh my gosh. Okay, this, those are good ones. All right. Yeah. If anyone else finds any more, that's that's proper scenes right there. Um, coaching carousel. I mentioned a little on the last episode. I don't know if you guys got a chance to listen, just kind of the updates on the coaching. Um, I want to get other people's opinions. The main ones that we found out about were Nuno going to Tottenham, Patrick Vieira to Crystal Palace, which is quite an interesting one uh, because Palace is usually not patient. And I feel like with Vieira, you might have to be patient. Uh, and then also we had Rafa Benitez to Everton. Uh, I just want to know for you guys, do, do does anyone have any big thoughts on any of these, any of these guys? You, you mentioned uh, the Liverpool fans were unhappy with uh, Rafa Benitez going to Everton. Yeah. What about the Chelsea fans? Oh, that's true. You're right, lad. Sorry. <laughs> I just think because they're playing with Chelsea. True. But just because they're I, prime rivals. I know. I'm I thought, joking. Uh, <laughs> I, I was uh, actually, I'm interested to ask Nikki Larian, how do you guys have any thoughts on Rafa Benitez? And then I'll come to you, Brian, on that. Not really. Not really. I think I think Rafa Benitez is one of those journeyman managers that just yeah. goes to different clubs. Like he he's not he's not like would I be upset if it was somebody like let's say Klopp or maybe Kenny Dalgish or someone like that, somebody who's a legend at the club. I'm not not taking anything away from what Rafa has done for the club, but then again he's I think he for him being a manager of a club is a job. Uh it's nothing to do with like his passion for the club or anything like that. So mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm, I'm not really asked. I'm not, I don't really care. I don't think, yeah. <laughs> I don't think, he, I don't think he's going to make everything a better team. So yeah. I read it. Yeah. I, I agree exactly with Nikhil. Um, um, I, I think he's done enough for Liverpool for us to like, you know, consider him, I mean, not necessarily a legend, but to always have our respect for everything he's done with the club and the community. Plus his family still lives in Liverpool. So Mm -hmm. it like makes perfect sense for him to manage at a very high level and also be with his family. Like I know his daughter's in Liverpool because just because they love the area that much when he was there. So um, it makes perfect sense. I mean, like if you're going to go against a guy for taking a really good job, to to be with his family as well. I mean, like that's, that's a little bit, you know, over dramatic on that end. So, um, I mean, he did enough for Liverpool for us to pretty much love him forever. I mean, I think that's what our fan base is. Uh, as long as you just stay respectful, I mean, you know what I mean? And, and did everything you need to, I mean, you're always going to have that type of respect. We're not like, you know, Olympically, like, you know, I know Lyon fans are a little wild or like, you know, some other clubs, but, um, 
No, yeah, he he'll always in my book be a be a legend. You know, even though he might not be considered one, but in my book, yeah, yeah, there was a banner. There was a banner from some fans that made its rounds the other day. But yeah, hopefully for the I most mean, part, there are irrational fans in every. Yes, uh, that's true. Banner. Brian, any salt? Uh, it seems like there's none on the Liverpool end. Any salt from Rafa going to? <laughs> no, I don't, I don't care. No. Okay. <laughs> what about? It's what not about, like on the Torres aspect, you know. Yeah. Like Torres that was bananas. Um, yeah, that's. But true. I still love him. I run. Um, you know, I don't know. So anything action is is there any salt from you with Patrick Vieira, um, an Arsenal know. legend, mm-hmm. uh, now managing Arsenal's. Uh, London London Derby rival about uh, similar positions in the table. You know, they're, they're competing <laughs> the same stuff. So Arsenal guy going against their big rivals. No, actually, it's funny enough. I'm. Uh, it's it's weird. Uh, when he signed, I found myself rooting. I, I'm going to be rooting for him in every game minus two, obviously. Yeah. Uh, yeah. To do well because I just want to see you know the old, the players that played for for Arsenal back that they play, you know, to do a good job. Although I'm a little worried because he hasn't had good stints. He didn't have a great stint at Nice. He didn't have a great stint at NYCFC. And and some players that you think are going to be great managers, it, it doesn't always work out. And so um, I, I worry for him because I wish he might have had a little success somewhere else before jumping to London. Uh, granted, it is Palace, but it is London. Palace has a short leash of man on managers in general. Hodgson seems to be the only one that kind of made it through for a little little while there so i'm rooting for him but honestly i'm a little scared for him because i don't i don't know if he'll perform well especially if they lose zaha this summer um but yeah no no salt at all actually a lot of us arsenal fans i think are hoping he he does a good job and and just uh you know maybe maybe get him to the um top half but back end of the top half of the table so you know and that's called a successful season for them but don't threaten any of our teams and you know what (laughs) um the reason why i think that's a good position to take palace uh, especially for a manager like Vieira, is um as much as palace for me at least this is my t- they just have a weird name and i didn't like crystal palace because i'm like what the <laughs> fuck is a team called crystal palace coming in the league but they brought in they bring in players um a lot of them do fail unfortunately um yeah i mean their ownership isn't you know shy with spending money i mean they do what they can to stay up and for his objectives with Palace aren't like to qualify for Europa, right? It's just mm-hmm. to have a respectable finish and he's going to have a good budget and you're in London. So it's not tough necessarily to attract talent um, in the best league in the world, uh, which is debatable. But um, so I think it's a really good job to take um, and I could see why he took it. Yeah, no, I agree. I, 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 I do agree with you on that, that. There aren't the European expectations and that could always you know, kill yeah. someone off. So just don't right. get relegated. Um, <laughs> any anyone have anything to say on Nuno before we move on? Any comments on Nuno? No, it doesn't move the needle for me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what Tottenham is thinking because, like, if if you're trying to keep Kane, bringing in Nuno isn't really going to help with that. Like, I feel like Nuno is like the last person that Kane would want to come back and work with, right? Like, yeah, mm-hmm. just. I feel like it's it's going to be hard, um, and I think Nuno is known to want to work with like a core group of players that he gets along with. So I'd say if you're at Tottenham right now, and you're a, I mean if you're a player at Tottenham and you're on the fringes, you're I'm pretty sure you're going to get cut pretty quickly. So yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so 
yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how Nuno can can do there. I, yeah, so, I, I used to really like the guy, but man, I can't. I'm not allowed to anymore. So uh, let's see what and, happens with Nuno. And like what was just mentioned, I'm pretty sure Conti, um, when he was in talks with Tottenham, said that the only one of the one of his like requirements for signing the contract was them to guarantee that Harry Kane will stay for next season. Um, and then like Nikhil just said, I don't think Nuno is someone that Kane necessarily wants to see come in. So I think this um, this move really kind of tells the story on that whole saga, if you will. Yeah. Yep. No, that's true. So we'll see. I guess we'll have to see what uh, what, what Nuno can do. Uh, not all the best to him. Opposite of that. Um, <laughs> so I want to briefly talk about transfers. Not much has happened terribly, but I, I, I think let's just take a second and we'll have more of transfers on the on the other shows. Um, but I do want to note, I kind of just want to ask you guys ahead of time, because I'm, I'm going to give a list. My question to you guys is, of the transfers that have happened, which I will name right now in a second, which team or player, uh, player's transfers caught your eye and or you know, do you think it's going to have a, a big impact going into next season? So I'm just going to go down the list and say uh, all the ends of all the teams, and then I'll maybe get, give some notable outs because some teams have a lot of outgoings, so I won't get too far into it. It's going to be alphabetical order. Arsenal, nobody in. Uh, David Luiz out contract expired. That's these are just official right now. Aston Villa, uh, Emmy Buendia in, Ashley Young in on free. He's coming back. Uh, Ahmed El Mohamedi's contract has expired. Tom Heaton is out on a free to Manchester United. Brentford hasn't bought anyone yet. Brighton hasn't bought anyone. Burnley has brought in Nathan Collins from Stoke. Uh, don't know who that is. Chelsea has not brought anyone in. Billy Gilmore has gone out on loan to uh, Norwich. Victor Moses has been sold. Did you know that? Yeah. <laughs> Spartak, Spartak Mo- Moscow. Yeah. They've just gotten 4.5 million off selling Victor Moses. <laughs> Where the Moses. fuck has he been the past two years, bro? He's been on loan. <laughs> How did you get 4.5 million from this man's like 80? Chelsea <laughs> do good business. What can I Amazing. say? Amazing. They also did sell Tamori to AC Milan for $24 million. Yeah, that was a little um, bit ago, but yeah. And Van Ginkel's contract finally expired. So did Willie Caballero. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, they're, they're out. Palace, no ins or outs. Fair, because they just got a manager. Everton, nobody in. Theo Walcott out on a free to Southampton. Um, and I didn't know they still had Mohamed Besic, but his contract finally expired. Um, Leeds, Jack Harrison is in from Man City. Not just alone, they permanently bought him. Uh, Lester has probably made some of the biggest noise to this point in Pats and Dhaka from Red Bull Salzburg and Bubukari uh, Sumare from Lille combined 40 million on those two. Um, the only really outs are Fuchs contract expired. Wes Morgan retired uh, Liverpool in 35 million on Ibrahima Kanate of RB Leipzig. Wijnaldum is uh, the only notable out for now. Man City has brought in two guys from Fluminese, Keikai and Matinho. Um, oh, no. For, for $13.5 million combined. They've lost Sergio Aguero on a free uh, and Jack Harrison to Leeds. United's only in has been mentioned earlier, Tom Heaton, the goalkeeper on a free from Villa. They've lost Sergio Romero, whose contract has expired, along with Lee Grant, whose contract expired. So they did need a goalie. No ins for Newcastle. Andy Carroll's contract has expired. Norwich has brought in five players, mind them. 
Uh, Angus Gunn is back for Norwich on an undisclosed at goalkeeper. Billy Gilmore on loan, we mentioned from Chelsea. Uh, ben Gibson of Burnley. Don't know who that is. Milo Rashika of Werder Bremen. And Dimitros Giannoulis of PAOK. All in. Uh, but they did lose Emmy Buendia. So that's a huge loss in my opinion. Southampton, Walcott in. Angus Gunn, uh, Ryan Bertrand out. Tottenham Hotspur, nobody in. Danny Rose out on a free. Gazaniga's contract expired. Juan Foyth to Villarreal for $13.5 million. Arings boy. Watford. Watford's made some noise, guys. Emmanuel Dennis, who knows him, from Club Bruges? Yeah, I know the name. Just from yeah. FIFA, though. Watford brought in Emmanuel Dennis, who's a pretty good striker from Club Bruges. Danny Rose from Tottenham on a free. Then um, they've lost Craig Dawson. West Ham brought in Craig Dawson. <laughs> uh, Wolves have brought in Trincao on loan from Barcelona. And that's it. So not too much going on. Any notables for you guys, any teams? I was very impressed with Watford's list early with Dennis and, and Danny Rose. But yeah. I'm waiting for the big teams to get their business done with the players that are actually playing in the Euros. I'm, I'm not going to be following any of these. Okay. And Sancho to United, but I, that well, apparently yeah. wasn't official yet. So um, anything catch your eye, Nikhila, Um, Out of all those, nothing too significant, to be honest. Um, okay. Good on Norwich. I think good business by Norwich also keeping a lot of their players. And I don't know how the fuck they've managed to hold on to Todd Can- or Can- Cantwell that long, but they've done mm-hmm. it. Um, so, yeah, that's... That's what I'd say. I don't know. Yeah. And yeah, nothing, rumors. No, nothing, uh-huh. nothing notable. I would just say, I would just say for Liverpool, the big thing is just getting their defense back is like almost like get, having like three new signings. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, I was telling my brother Nikhil, and I, I don't know if you'd agree with me. Um, the loss of Wijnaldum for some reason for me doesn't seem so huge because I feel like. I don't know. Maybe I, I just feel like there's someone that could, I, I know we're probably going to get someone, but do you think there, do you think he's replaceable is what I'm saying? I think in, if you look at, if you look at the lineup right now, or you look at the squad right now, it's top of my head. I think Curtis Jones can come in and replace him at least on the attacking front. Um, I think a midfield of Curtis Jones, Henderson and Thiago, or maybe Fabino Henderson and Curtis Jones is something that I would look for going forward. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think I think we'll be fine. Overall. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you guys wouldn't look for any replacement. I know there's been a lot of talk of like Renato Sanchez, but mm-hmm. I don't really know. I haven't really seen him play much other than for uh, Portugal, so I don't. I can't really say. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna say which. Uh, let Let me know real quick before we move on. Are there any guys that you're hearing out there that you kind of hope to come to fruition? I know we asked this a few weeks ago. Obviously, the landscape changes. The transfer rumors change. Um, I'm hearing a few ITK things, but I'll save that for for the next show where we have less talk about games. I'll save the ITK talk. Any big transfers that you're hearing that you kind of hope happen for your team? Uh, I'll start with Brian for this one, for Chelsea. Uh, no, I, I've been kind of off the grid a little bit. I haven't followed, followed it too much in the last couple of weeks with vacations and stuff. So mm-hmm. it, it was really the Hakimi stuff for a while that fell through and then every, everyone's still thinking that Holland is going to come, but that's definitely less and less likely. Um, okay. and most likely not going to happen. So 
Yeah, I don't know. There's there's rumblings about um, Lukaku coming back because he might be unhappy with Conte leaving at Inter Milan. So I don't know. No, mm-hmm. Nothing big. Anything from the Liverpool guys? Um, I want Coutinho back, man. <laughs> I think Coutinho back with Salah, Mane. And even though, I mean, I don't know if we necessarily need him. I would just love to see that those four again. Um, and then like, I know it might be too attacking, but could you fucking imagine a lineup with Mane, Firmino or Yota? Honestly, hopefully Yota. Um, Salah, Tiago and Coutinho. That's fucking ridiculous. Just fucking the rest of the people can just fucking park your asses back and let those guys do their thing. That'd be so fun to watch for me personally. That's why, even though I don't think that would ever be a lineup, maybe it would, who knows? But right. also uh, Liverpool Coutinho was, uh, I mean, as close as I've, I've seen at Liverpool to a midfielder dominating the whole game um, for a Liverpool. So that was really fun to yeah. watch. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. I'd, I'd agree. Yeah, yeah, same thing. And then um, hopefully we'll have Mbappe come on from the bench <laughs> if, he, if, he, if we need him. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think he'd be a perfect guy to you know watch and learn and 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 sit yeah, you know on the yeah. bench and and see what's up. I agree with Nikhil. Yeah, and then we can we can we can decide to whether to throw on how we Elliot or uh, Mbappe. Yeah, <laughs> maybe loan him out too for a year or two and, and let him develop. Yeah. That could work. Yeah, send him, send him to Norwich or something. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Personally, uh, you know, I, I I've heard the rumors of it, and it's very up and down. But I would like to see Arsenal make a run at uh, James Madison at this point in time. We need a creative player. Uh, Martin Odegaard's not coming back, obviously. And um, you know, hold on to Emil Smith Rowe. I I want us to throw the kitchen sink to see if we get James Madison. I think it'd be a fun player. He's in the age range. Of many of the guys coming up, and um, um, if you could learn and see, you know, throw 60, 70 million, I don't care. He's a good player, just as long as he's healthy. Something with Madison that was a big concern. Um, I don't know if you'd be concerned with this too. Um, is I heard at the second half of the season, a lot of Leicester fans were really mad with him because they felt like he didn't take the season seriously. Um, he also got on off field issues. Mm-hmm. Um, Although they weren't like severe issues, it was more like, you know, minor disciplinary actions, but they just felt like um, with how close they were to Champions League soccer, with with how much he let them down, kind of with not taking training seriously, leading to injuries or, or missing games due to sex parties. Um, does that concern you if he goes to London uh, with a younger team at Arsenal? Um does that, you know, strike any fear in you or you're just like, fuck it, just sign him up and let him play ball? Uh, yeah, with him, I think something happened. I think something happened with him and Brendan Rodgers. And I think that's why maybe he didn't take this seriously. I feel like when Rodgers maybe disciplined him one of those times, it's the same thing. And I agree that's happened maybe with Mikel Arteta and a few other other people. But my hope is that maybe he's he's uh, matured from that. We know Jack Grealish had some issues where he passed out in Ibiza once. Uh, and we had you know, a pill in a visa. Yeah. And he had some disciplinary issues too, for a little bit, but he's come around pretty well. So my hope is that it's just, you know, <laughs> didn't he just get caught for COVID and trying to, um, hook up with, go to a hookup and got like a flat tire or something like that. I think so, but it, but it hasn't been <laughs> I enough love to Jack affect, <laughs> right. It hasn't been enough to affect his play on the pitch. He's been oh, definitely. so good. And I think that someone like Madison, 
you put them on with guys. And I think also I'm looking at the Arsenal team. There are a lot of players with his age um, in his age range there. I think if he's there with maybe, I know Saka's a, a decent buddy of his. Um, and, and if he plays with him and Smith Rowe and Tierney, they're all in like their low to mid twenties. And I think if you put him with people around his age more, uh, maybe, maybe it'll work out. Maybe he'll get it together. Maybe he'll see himself as more of like a leader of that team. I think Jamie Vardy is like the, the leader of Leicester and, and, and Madison maybe is, feels like he isn't getting his, 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 uh, his recognition, maybe not playing, you know, not getting called up to England um, had an effect. Yeah. So we'll see. I don't know, but, but, Arsenal's desperate too. So throw the fucking money at him. Let's yeah, see what happens. I agree. I think that Arsenal's style of play um, and everything yeah. suits him. And you're right. I think um, it's just going to sound weird, but maybe, yeah, you know, Arsenal's a bigger club and he'd get more recognition that way. I know still, I don't think he's compared to his competition should have probably made the England team based on the competition. But right. I mean, I mean, when he does do good, he'll definitely get way more noticed at, at Arsenal. Uh, yeah, they're loaded at that position. And, and I agree with you. I'm not here saying either that we're going to be yeah. better than Leicester next year. Leicester might still be better. They made some good signings. I mean, th- there was there was at one point people were saying he's better than Grealish and Foden. You know what right. I mean? So, And right. that was earlier this season. So, yeah. so you we'll could easily it. change minds. It's worth a shot. Worth a shot. Uh yeah, let's see what happens with the transfer. I think that'll really open up when these Euros end. So we'll we'll have some transfer rumors a little bit later this week. We'll do a shorter episode that previews the title game of Euros, uh, and I'll do a little short transfer segment there. Um, so let's now get to some some short comments and musings. One thing I did want to bring up before we get to the – there's some funny comments, actually. Before we get to them, um, there has been this discussion, and really a lot more came out today from FIFA and specifically my boy Arsene, um, who's the head of global football development at FIFA, has said that uh, he's called for a proposal for the World Cup to happen every two years, saying that it, prote- it actually protects players. Now, let me kind of draw out this plan, which was proposed by the Saudi Arabia Football Federation. So clearly a money grab. Um, but what they're wanting to do is have international breaks, but have like one long one where all the qualifying happens then get the players back to their their clubs for the rest of the season and and any breaks they have then would just be breaks it would it would take the number of days of international matches from 50 to 28 you'd only have 28 days for international soccer instead of 50 Um, again it'd be just a month-long break in october they'd play their entire qualifying campaign they'd play seven qualifiers instead of 10 um and so the idea is for players to not get hurt or, 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 you know, less chances for them to travel, play two games, get hurt, travel again, you know, by only playing two games in a short span, you could spread seven over 28 days, you know, whatever it is, or six over 28 days. That's what they're saying. A lot of people, he says, he claims it's what the fans want. Do you guys as the fans want a World Cup every two years? No. I think it's fun yeah. because it's so rare. Okay. So, Brian, it's, you say no? Yeah. It, part of the spectacle is that it, it's, it only happens once every four years. So when, when you go to win the World Cup, you have to seize the moment and, and mm-hmm. really make the best of it, and that's what makes it super special. Okay. Um, and Nikhil, you were saying – Oh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. No. Go ahead, Nikhil. I think he was agreeing with you, uh, right? 
Yeah, no, I agree with uh, Brian. I think I, I don't. I don't think we should do it once in two years because I feel like not much of the squad really rotates once in two years. Like four years is when the squad really rotates. You get to like really bring in players of your choice and like you really get to see new talent come out too. I don't really think it will be as beneficial if it's once in two years. Yeah. Okay. I don't. I don't understand how the qualifying would work. You're saying reduce it from ten to seven. That's for Europe, but what about what about Africa and Asia that have so many more countries that have to qualify? Yeah, and that's a completely yeah. different format. Like, yeah, you know, you have however many groups of seven, I guess, or eight in Europe, but that's not how it works in in Africa and Asia. I will say, I know that they're changing the number in twenty twenty six to forty eight teams. So you might need oh, less true. teams to to qualify teams. That, however, they plan true. that out. Um, Ari, did you want to give your take, or should I should I play my role here? Um, oh no, I I agree with them. Um, I think four years. It's like it's like the Olympics, bro. What if the Olympics were every year? It, you know, take out of it. You know, it's just yeah. part of the spectacle. So I'm going to play devil's advocate because I might be the only one that wouldn't mind it every two years. But and so here's why I say that: a couple of reasons. One. The, uh, you know, every two years we're getting either a World Cup or a European Euros, right? So I feel like still every two years we're getting a fun tournament and we get pretty excited about it. I guess the only thing that really um, kind of pushes me to saying, because I think people would get used to having it every two years and it'd still be quite exciting, I think, because even an annual thing like March Madness happens once a year, but every year, damn, people are super excited when that time comes around. So I, I still think the excitement will be the, the only, and I don't mind it being two or four because we got all these other competitions, but the only thing that, that pushes me to saying, hey, let's have it every two years is, you know, what if that time in that four-year stretch comes where a player like Lewandowski is hurt and he can't play in a World Cup? And so the world is 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 can't watch – Lewandowski in a World Cup, or they can't watch. It hasn't happened with Messi or Ronaldo, but like a big name player in a World Cup, or if it's like for a country that doesn't make it as often and their main guy is not there. I think who was it? Was it Hungary that had a player injured? Their main guy, Sabaslai, was injured for the Euros. And that country doesn't make it that often. So it's like, damn, that, you know, they, they definitely didn't have a chance after being in the group of death. Um, I don't know. I think it gives some of those countries their chance to see their stars in a, a big tournament, but I could see the other side of it too. And I could see how it's a money grab and I could see how it might actually be tough to fit all the games in 28 days. And the injury yeah. risk to me is still kind of there. If you're playing seven and 28 or six and 28 or whatever that number they come up with is, and I think you might need more than one, but you know, again, every yeah. two years, I, I kind of wouldn't mind, but that's a, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. So I'm sure I we think, would get used to it and still watch every single minute of it. Yeah. Oh yeah. So just the devil's advocate and it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Keep your eye out for it. Cause I do think it might kick in cause that expand expanded field was talked about what five years ago or so. And now it's going to happen in 2026. I think if it does happen, it won't happen until 20, what 30 or 28, but just something to look at something to keep your eye on. Um, a few comments were actually made this past week on the pod. Uh, uh, Steve, in talking about um, Everton, <clears throat> Everton coming up with um, their manager, he he cited uh, Talksport. A few a fan and and Aaron, you should you probably listened to it on Talksport. Maybe it was on White and Jordan. Um, 
an Everton fan named Steve, coincidentally enough, said, there's a hole in my heart until Rafa gets out of my club. I hope he gets off to a bad start because I want him out of my club. He'll not win anything at Everton. And Mushiri has broken my heart. Um, Steve says Everton FC fans cutting off their nose to spite their face. So uh, <laughs> apparently some Everton fans wish poorly on, on the team, on the club, which doesn't make any sense to me. We heard you, the Liverpool fans here are not salty. Do you guys think Everton fans are right to be salty about this? No, nah, bro. They've always cared more about Liverpool than Liverpool have about them. Like I know there's, I know I'm not from, you know, obviously from the area. So like for me, um, because I am an international fan, technically I view, you know, United as our main rival. Um, I mean, but uh, you know, don't get me wrong. I still fucking get super amped for the Everton games. I just feel like that's their Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Whereas Liverpool always have bigger games. So I guess it means more to them. So I, you know, I guess as much as I want to call that guy a fucking idiot, um, to like want his team to lose games to the point where like their manager gets fired. Cause you have to be pretty bad for that. Um, right. You know, I don't, I don't really know it from the view of an Everton fan, especially one from mercy side. So I don't know. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, my God, the Canadians just won. Yeah. You're a couple oh. seconds behind me. <laughs> so what have the game? Uh, yeah. I've been watching the game too. <laughs> I've missed out. I, I have my second screen with the notes. I should have had the game on. Wow, uh, that crowd is going crazy outside of the stadium. Wow. Yeah. Lasts another two days at least, right? The Stanley Cup Finals. So yeah. something um, else yeah. to watch instead of uh Copa America. <laughs> Brian, why are you so anti-Copa? What's going on with that? Yeah, no, I don't know. I just don't care. <laughs> I'm not anti I'm sure they're fun to watch, but I don't know. I, I much I, I like watching soccer during the day in the morning. Okay day and then at night i'm either like working out or playing fifa or both often <laughs> so our other no, I, but honestly though i i tried to watch the game today and it was it was really boring like it was <laughs> it was supposed to be a semi-final but Peru wasn't really trying i thought i felt like it was like watching turkey play all over again <laughs> 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 I think their bat, their player who looks like Batman did make a nice uh, effort to score, but that was, I think their only chance. <laughs> I yeah. forgot what his name was, <laughs> but um, another comment I will make. So yeah, let us, other people at the footy corner too. I haven't really uh, told people to write on that. Let us know what you think of Copa America. Do you dislike it as much as uh, Nikhil and Brian uh, do? Um, so we need to get one more comment. And this was an interesting one because it wasn't from, like a normal contributor. It wasn't from, I don't think any of us know this guy. So have you, do any of you know of the man named Gavin Newsom? He's the 40th governor of California. He's actually like, yeah, I've heard of him. Yeah. Huh? Have you heard of him? Nikhil of Gavin Newsom? I'm sure. I mean, yeah, he he is the governor of California. Yeah. But he's, he's been getting a lot of hate. He's going to get reelected. I mean, he's going in for a reelection, I think right now. Okay. Uh, Whatever you call it. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess there's a a, a parody account of him um, because his picture in his account, if you guys go to Gavin at Gavin Newsom, N-E-W-S-O-M, is him just holding a microphone. Now, someone, not sure who, joined just, just recently, like this month, Twitter, last month, has 10 followers only, one following. Um, Gavin Vutetz 
it's it's a parody account of Gavin Newsom. It says Gavin Newsom, but French, baguette enthusiast, founder and CEO of Baguette Twitter. <laughs> and because the the name of the last episode was Rotten French Baguettes, this particular character commented on the episode and said, there's no such thing as a rotten baguette. Y'all just don't have good baguette taste. <laughs> this must be, this, this has got to be Jeff. <laughs> it probably is. He's, it was just last month. It was or just, uh, he just joined in June, right as this episode was coming out. So I'm a fan of his tweet from a couple days ago that says more baguettes, more problems. Zuta lore. <laughs> <laughs> So maybe I'll try to reach out to this account and we'll see if we can <laughs> get this guy to show up for an interview or something. It's <laughs> wild. But this parody account is, if you look at all the tweets, um, it's all about baguettes. So apparently right, making the title about baguettes was a, um, was, was a bit of an error. Um, <laughs> I was pretty mad about it. Uh, anyway, um, we'll move on. I, I like baguettes, just throwing that out there. Big baguette guy. Yeah, I am as well. Yeah, baguettes are good. <laughs> so just, just to, you know, just playing off the French losing. Okay, we haven't done it in a few weeks. I'm thinking I could hold on. Do you guys want to hear who the announcers are, or should I hold on till my individual episode? Up to you, mate. I'll save these nonces for the next episode because this is, you know, it's going to run off because we're going to have for the first time or maybe one of the few times in history there will be two in a week. To, to preview the final either on Thursday or Friday. Just, that, that'll be a shorter one. So I'll save the nonsense for that one because we're just going to talk about one game, pretty much one game only, um, along with what happens in Copa or preview that one too. So let's skip the nonsense. The nonsense will come up. We have very good um, candidates. So I'll, I'll bring them up later in the week. Let's just get to the final portion here because I know some of us uh, that are on Eastern time zone, it's getting close to bedtime. Um, predictions. Semi-finals of the Euros coming up Tuesday, today, for those listening, tomorrow for us here, Italy, Spain, um, you know, give me your, your result, give me a goal score, and if you have any comments about the game, go for it. Um, I will let uh, Arine start. Italy will win mm-hmm. one to nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and not Ciro Immobile. Who's the other one? Um, Insigne. 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 I think Insigne is going to score. Okay. Uh, Nikhil, what's your pick in this? Um, I think 2 nothing Italy. Um, Insigne to score. Or maybe, uh, who's the other guy from midfield? Is it, was it Locatelli or? Yeah, Locatelli. He's yeah, I'd say Locatelli. Yeah, he's been all right. It's been pretty good. Yeah, I've enjoyed him. Uh, Brian, who you I think got? It's going to be two one in extra time, and uh, I'll say Insigne. Okay, I'll go one nil. And we didn't talk about this guy who flopped on the floor and then oh, celebrated geez. after Italy scored. Yeah, that was wild. <laughs> I think Bellotti's going to score this match. <laughs> or no, Immobile. Sorry, Bellotti wasn't it. It was Immobile. I'm going to go with Immobile to score 1-0. And I, I think at, in, at minute 87, I'm calling it right now, oh, Alvaro Morata will have an awfulness to tie the game. 
I don't think he'll be on the pitch at in the 87th minute. I think the, if, if you're from if, if you call that you're from the future, by the way. Um, 87th minute. <laughs> and uh, I believe it was Insignia that faked it, right? No, it wasn't Insignia. It was either Bilotti or uh, Immobile. I think it was Immobile. Okay. It was Immobile. It was Immobile. He's going to score in this match because people have been dis- – people have saying now – I will say, I will ask you guys this real quick. People are saying that he should be suspended for doing what he did. I think that's a bit wild. That's kind of part of the game, but it yeah. was a bit – I mean, doing what he did. It was did just funny. Of, yeah. <laughs> You guys, you guys know what I'm talking about, right? Hopefully, the yeah. listeners, when, he, when he just kind of like rolled around like he had been fouled. And I actually noticed it when it happened. And when the guy yeah. kicked it, I go, holy shit, this guy just got up and started celebrating like nothing happened. Uh, it was unreal. Um, any other comments about Italy and Spain before we go to the other one? Uh, no. No. England, Denmark. I just oh, just want to just one last question. Yes. How, how bad is Morata still? <laughs> <laughs> Like, yeah, we made that the title of the podcast, and he scored. I think in the so you, <laughs> I know. man, I've called that he's going to miss in the eighty-seven minute. Now he's going to score that that opportunity that's going to come. Oh, that guy is a menace to society. <laughs> because of what Ashton just said, I'm going to put money on Alvaro Morata to score in Spain to win. <laughs> I'm not even joking. You might, you probably will win, mate. Because I'm the same one when it was three-one. And and France was winning. I was like, I won my money, free money, and then they gave up those goals. I'm telling you, everything I say, the opposite happens. So we, bro, we live in a world where we're gonna have to raise kids and somehow tell them that Alvaro Morata played for clubs like Real Madrid, Atlético Madrid, and Chelsea, and the Spain national and team. Juventus. <laughs> I don't know how I'm gonna explain that to my child one day. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be in the uh, history. It'll be a motivational speech and be like, look, this man was able to do this. You can literally do whatever the fuck you want in life. I don't know what more of an example you need. <laughs> there it is. Uh, yeah, the team that's now become the host England, Denmark. Um, I think I have an idea of who we're going with, but we'll go ahead and uh, same order. So we'll start with Arian on this one England, Denmark on Wednesday. Um, I like England three to nothing. Ooh, three. Yeah. Any particular reason? And who's your, any goal scorers? Um, I don't think Denmark is very um, defensively sound, if that makes sense. And I think England um, is just more ready than ever. I think the mentality is just going to be England wants to win it. Denmark, like we've said, is just kind of happy to be there, you know, Um Goal score, obviously, Harry Kane. Um, at least two goals. Um, yeah, I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna. I don't think it's even gonna be a great game to watch, if I'm being honest, unless you're an England fan. So, okay. yeah, Nikhil, do you differ in your opinion on this? Um, I'm actually thinking about this and hot take. I think, <laughs> I think it's gonna be, I think it's gonna be 2 2. Uh-huh. A draw, going into penalties, and England's going to win on penalties. Okay. <laughs> okay. They don't have a good yeah. history of penalties in knockout tournaments. I know, yeah. <laughs> I, would, um, I would love a talk sport after that night. That would be a fucking great lesson. Massive scenes. I, I think putting talk sport on, no matter what, would be a good idea after the game, no matter what happens. Um, Brian, who do you have in that one? Oh, uh, man. I'm... 
I said 2-1 for the last match. I'll say 2-1 again for England um, this time. Um, and I'll say Kane to score. Okay. All right. So I think I picked against England last time. I think um, there'll be a little pressure on them at home. Uh, mm-hmm. I think Denmark's better at stopping set pieces than Ukraine was. It's not hard. I'm going to go with England one. And for me, it's Denmark is either going to be zero or one, but I think it'll be one, one. I think Denmark will be the first team to score. I don't know if it'll be an actual goal from someone or an own goal, but it'll be one, one. They go to pens. I wanted to pick England too, but I really like Schmeichel and pens. I think Denmark wins this in penalties. Ooh, I'm nice. just gonna. I'm gonna throw this out. What there. is up with these takes you're bringing up, bro? I'm betting on uh, England to win. Then I've been wrong on every single one of them: North Macedonia, France. <laughs> if you picked England, you're safe. I'm taking Denmark in penalty kicks. Although I will say this: I will say this. I think it would be more exciting to see an Italy versus England final. So even though I've picked Denmark to win, I would. I wouldn't be upset, obviously. If you know who you are, you're the Skip Bayless of this now. You're changing roles with Jeff or some shit. You're, <laughs> no, I, you're literally picking nine out, like nine out of ten times. You're just throwing just diarrhea shit, not just normal shit out of wall. <laughs> if it hits, you're gonna talk about that forever. You're Skip Baylessing it right now. Well, diarrhea has a better chance of sticking, doesn't it? Now, <laughs> you know what? You're right. <laughs> no, no, I will admit I've been ice cold in this tournament. And I, I don't know. I just I have this weird feeling. But again, like I say that, but I yeah. want to see an England Italy final. I think that final would be amazing to see yeah. Italy England on Sunday. I, I, I would actually rather see that too. So hopefully I'm wrong. Yeah. Uh, then we'll see the uh, clash of styles that you talked about. Yeah. Um <laughs> no, I just don't see that happening. By the way, uh, Brian, uh, were you going to drink that Dr. Pepper? I saw no. Dr. Pepper. No, no, I'm emptying a cooler from our uh, long drive today. Oh, okay, cool, cool. I Man, just remembered that I had to do it, and I'm going to go to bed. Did, right did I miss the breakdown of how the trip was in the in the intro? Yeah, you'll have to listen to the first ten okay. minutes of the pod to get it. Got it. <laughs> well, uh, before we head out again, I thank you guys for taking your time. There will be. Another episode this week, much shorter, just going to talk about one or these two games, preview the final, preview the Copa America final, maybe a couple nonces, and that's it. Um, so we'll do that either on Thursday or Friday. So those people be on the lookout. There'll be a new episode Friday or Saturday, shorter one uh, as we wind down. And then the footy corner panel will get a little bit of a break after that. Uh, so thank you guys for coming on. Does anyone have anything to say before we turn it over to our boy Unai? This this is a hot take. What if what if we are all wrong and it turns out to be a Spain Denmark final, and Spain wins it all with Morata scoring the winner? All right. I will. How about this? I'll shut the podcast down. If yeah. Spain if Spain wins the final and Morata scores in it, I will get a Spain Morata jersey. Yes. If he wait, if and, he just scores and they win in the final. Does and he have to win. score the game-winning goal, or he just scores no. one of the goals? If Alvaro Morato scoring a goal, you're probably going to win the game because your team is important. <laughs> okay, let's be real. Okay. <laughs> well, are you going to get the jersey from? There's a reason team? why that man was on the best teams in the world. They needed to cover his ass. 
are you are you getting it from China then? I'm sure you're not going to pay oh, the price. Oh, that's going to be an AliExpress. Um, <laughs> yeah. Wait, at, for a moment there, I thought he was going to say he's going to get a Murata tattoo on him. And yeah, I know. I thought it was going to be a tattoo. <laughs> Can you imagine his face on one of your ass oh cheeks? My God. <laughs> oh, Brian, any, any uh, comments before we yeah. lock off? We're guaranteed to have a Chelsea player win the Champions League and Euros. That's true. No matter Each what. Chelsea... A- Chelsea is the only team, only club that has uh, a player on all four remaining teams. Can you name the players on, on the remaining teams? Yeah, there's seven of them. There's Christensen, obviously, on Denmark. Yeah. Um, so that's one. Jorginho, the Brazilians on yeah, Italy. Yeah, Jorginho and Emerson. Jorginho and Emerson. Yeah. And then um, who else do we have? We have Denmark. England, obviously, is Mount, Jane, uh-huh. Reese James, and Chilwell. Okay. And then Spain is my boy. Dave. 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 Dave's running it. Dave scored. Wait, is Dave the captain? Yeah. No, of he's Spain? not the captain of Spain. No. no. Who is the captain of Spain? As as Nikhil like takes out nunchucks, what is that? Busquets. Oh, it's a it's a GoPro uh stand. Oh <laughs> doubles as, as nunchucks. <laughs> if Murata scores, that will go through a television. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So with that said, any last things before we turn, uh, we turn our Murata hate off and, and give it to Unai? Take it away. All right. Cheers, home. fellas. It's now to Unai Emery. Aloha. I love you guys. £60 million Chelsea spent on him, and that didn't work. His form was so poor at Chelsea, he didn't make the World Cup squad. Does he look like a sort of cold-eyed killer to you in front of goal? I wouldn't say cold dog killer. Um, I'm, I'm quite familiar with him from the time at Juventus. And I think he's a sensitive striker. I think he's one of them that if he misses a chance, he sort of, it gets on top of him and he's, he's quite, it gets in his own head. You can't be sensitive, can you? We were talking about Harry Kane last no. night. You played with Alan Shearer. You can't be sensitive, can you? Because if you do miss, you just have to be able to take it and go again. No, he's got that, that vulnerable look about him, almost like you're on the, <laughs> he needs a cuddle. Good evening, Alexa. Please to play uh, my favorite song. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening.